0: I'd like to welcome you this evening. I'd like to welcome you to ANCF's message on on COVID and God. I'm glad you could join us, particularly if you haven't joined us before as a church community. We're really, really glad that you made it this evening. We're really glad that you took the time um, to to make some time to reflect and listen to what the Word of God says about this this crazy experience that we're all going through, that the whole world uh, is going through this pandemic, and we want to be able to share some what I believe to be some really helpful truths with you. You know, there's not a topic in the world today that's not spoken about as much as COVID-19. You know, it's on the news every day. People are speaking about it every day. You go out into the streets, it's in your face every day. And so it's one of those real hot topics that I think we need to understand. We, we need to be able to get our heads around this so that we can live life well and we can live life the way God has intended for us to be. I want to make something really, really clear before, our, uh, before Harb shares with us. Uh, from, from God's word regarding this really important topic. I want to make something really, uh, a couple of things really clear to us all this evening. ANCF as a church is not a church of politics. Uh, we're not here to, to preach a political agenda. We're not here to uh, preach a political angle at all. It's not, tonight's not about that. Uh, tonight's far from being political. And we don't want that this evening. And and tonight is not about trying to create a new conspiracy for you or a new new layer of theory for you. That's not tonight's intention as well to We wanted to share with you truth because we believe truth is going to help. We believe truth is the very thing that's going to set us free and make us the people that God's designed us to be. We acknowledge and recognise that this is a very difficult time for many, many people around the world and even in Melbourne, Victoria. And we're really sad for people that have lost loved ones. You know, that, that breaks our heart when I mean, you hear of people that might have lost a loved one because of what's going on. Uh, we're really sad for families and people that have lost jobs over this, that are really struggling in their businesses or even just emotionally and socially are really struggling. We hear stories like this, and that's really sad for us. We're, we're saddened by that. And so tonight is an opportunity uh, not to preach an agenda of any kind but just to share with you out of care, out of care for you, just to share with you the truths of God that I believe, again, are very helpful uh, in life and particularly helpful in the time that we're today. So I want to encourage you this evening, I want to invite you this evening to, to be listening, uh, to be taking some time to really reflect on God's Word, really reflect on what's being shared uh, this evening and I believe that if you're really reflecting and you're really open and honest to what is being shared tonight that you're going to experience something that perhaps you've never experienced before and that's that's something from God your creator that's going to be able to touch your heart and put you on a path that's going to give you life and, and life abundantly. So through the message tonight as, as Harb shares our message tonight on COVID and God and, and the truths around what the Bible says about now and into the future uh, I want to encourage you you'll see that uh uh, there is a, that I'm listed, I'm, I'm, I'm titled there as questions at ANCF. Uh, throughout the message tonight, I would encourage you to send your questions. If you have a question, uh, while Harvey's sharing tonight, if you have a question that comes to mind, we'll do our best to answer that question. We may not be able to answer all of them, but we'll do our best to answer that question. So could you, I'm encourage you to send your questions at nowhere else. Don't send it to anywhere else. Don't text anybody. Send your questions just to questions at ANCF. And when we're Uh, At the end of the message, uh, we'll do our best to go through and answer some of those those questions tonight. So I look forward to to seeing those questions come through as Harve is sharing and look forward to catching up with you again uh, after the message tonight. So God bless you and I hand you over to Harv.
1: Thanks Barry. Um, Welcome guys. It's good to have you here tonight with us. Uh, God bless you for coming. I know um, that you probably would have had other things planned, and maybe some of you made a commitment to come tonight because you're interested in the topic. And I pray that um, God would speak to you tonight specifically about things that really matter. Um, there's a lot of confusion going on at the moment in the world, and uh, we don't really know much other than what we're being told in the media or what uh, a friend suggests or says. Um, so there's a lot of lot of confusion, but um, we believe that there's a God who's alive and there's a God who's real. And there's a God who's still louder than any noise out there. So what I want to do is just pray um, tonight uh, as, before I get started. And I want to share just a few things with you regarding um, COVID and the things of God. So let's just bow our heads and pray. Those of you here for the first time um, and, and you're uncertain about a lot of things, you can come before the great God Almighty. You can come before him and ask of him and say, Lord God, I just need to understand you more. I need to know who you are. I need to know if you're there. And I believe God will make himself known to you. So let's just, let's pray. Father in heaven, you are God and you are God almighty. You created the world by your word. You brought it into existence. There isn't anything in this world without your control. You hold all things, Lord God. And I pray, Father, that tonight that those who have come to listen, that you would speak to them and make yourself known to them in a, in a personal and intimate way that they can be assured that you are real. I pray, Father, tonight that as I speak, that you would speak, that you would speak clearly, Lord God, and they would hear your voice in all this, that you would be glorified, that you would cast the enemy out, every distraction out, that, Lord God, you may bring people to your peace, to your grace and to your love, because I heard your word, and listened to your voice and we pray this tonight in jesus name amen so god bless you guys for coming what a beautiful day today was Uh, we've had beautiful days in the last two days friday and today and the sun's coming out and i think it's just glorious you know especially in this kind of uh uh place that we're all in this morning i walked down on the front porch and I felt the sun, I felt the, 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 the this blue sky, I, I felt it, you know, and it was, it was such a beautiful uh, morning. And, and not soon after my, you know, pleasant experience, all of a sudden this kind of a swamp of, of misery kind of just hovered over me because the thought of, hang on, we're still in a global crisis, you know, and, and it kind of threw me off a little bit because it stole a little bit of my joy, um, and I guess some of you are a bit like that too, you know, you kind of, you're wanting so much to, to do what you want to do, but your, your joy is a little bit stolen because of the circumstances and the situation that some of us are in or all of us are in. Um, but I know that God is still doing amazing things regardless despite of all the sadness and sorrow and, and how sad it is for people to to have been hit with the corona and and um, have passed away I mean I think one soul is of value you know just one soul passing away is significant you know um, and how sad it is to, to have family and friends and and, and people around us grieving over um, death that, that's that's all around us um, but God is still working Um uh, he, he, he works in, in, in sometimes little quiet ways, uh, very, very um, pleasant, pleasant ways. Like, for example, uh, today I, I um, went to, to visit my, my mum and as I went to see her, <laughs> She opens the door for me and she says, oh, you're here, you're here. Oh, you know, you wouldn't believe all night I was praying because there was this thing on the roof making a lot of noise during the wind. And you're here, oh, I've been praying, God, what am I going to do? I need someone to come and help to do something. I need someone because she was, she was panicking that the roof was going to uh, fall off um, because of the wind. And then I said to her, well, you know what? God heard you. God answered your prayer. And she looked at me and she goes, what do you mean? And in my hands, I had uh, screws and screwdrivers and, and spanners and, and um, electric drill um, because I came to actually fix the roof. And I said to her, God heard you. She goes, what are you talking about God heard me? I go, what, well, don't you believe? Didn't she just say you were praying? She goes, yeah, but how did you know? How did you know? She said, she couldn't work it out. I said, because I, um, I got a picture from the neighbour of the actual roof and he had sent it to my phone showing me what had happened to the roof. So while my mum was praying, God, in wonderful ways, was working in the, in the, in the neighbour and somehow prodded him, take a photo, send it to Harb, you know. And that's exactly what he did. And while my mum was praying, she couldn't see what was going on. But the reality is that God was still working the god was still in the midst of this 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 fearing fearful thing that was happening she didn't understand the situation all she knew was to pray and she prayed and God answered. And that's how God works, guys. That's how God works. I believe that every single one of you tonight is here because either someone prayed for you or, or either you're praying in your own heart for some truth or some, you know, some form of reality that you, you want to get your life right. And doesn't, things don't make sense. And God has heard you. God has heard you because he loves you. Now, I'm glad that you're all here and I'm glad that you've taken time out because it's not easy to remain encouraged or remain motivated in this circumstance. In the midst of confusion, in the midst of this corona dragging out, there's a lot of uncertain things, a lot of things that we don't understand what's going on. But there are a few things that are certain. It's certain that there's a mounting tension that's happening in the world today. (laughs) It's certain that there's mysteries and we don't understand because as they ease and as they tighten and then they ease and they tighten restrictions, it creates a sense of what's going on and we're, we're quite confused and uncertain. And, of course, with that, there's a sense of controversy. You know, people's opinions come through and, and, and you've got to be careful what you say and, and what you believe and, and because you might upset someone or you might someone might get scared or, or what you're saying is, is inaccurate. And sure enough, I might be sharing something tonight that, that may be quite controversial. But I'm not here claiming I have the answers because I don't. But I know where I can find them. I know where I can find them. And I don't know whether you, you, you've heard this story before, but there's a story um, of, of the Carolina Gold Rush where a young man by the name of uh, a little boy by the name of uh, Conrad, who was meant to be looking after his uh, siblings and he went to the to the backyard and he found this this stone that he thought thought was beautiful, it was like quite amazing, and he showed it to his dad and his dad took the stone and he went to the silversmith. And the, the silversmith said to him, Well, this is just a stone, you know, it's no big deal. Although it was beautiful, it's no big deal. So the dad gets the stone and he and he puts it on the front door as a door stopper. And for three years, that stone was the, 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 the very thing that people passed by all the time, in and out of their house. For three years, that became the door stopper. It was probably the most expensive door stopper because they found out later that that was actually 17 pounds of pure gold. 17 pounds of pure gold right at the feet of people walking in and out. And to be honest with you, it's, it's a, such a real story of the way society is today. While we're moving through this, this episode of our, our life at the moment, there's a golden nugget that dangles before our eyes that people are just passing through thinking it's just nothing. But the truth is, if you can find and see God in what's going on, you find a thing greater than Gold. It could possibly be uh, eternal life. It could possibly be the rest for your soul. And I know that there's a lot of talk, and I know there's a lot of theories and, and lots of ideas, and even dare I say, conspiracies, you know. But what we need to understand, sadly, is that information, information is often a hybrid of truth and lies. And of course, there has to be truth in mingled among the lies because otherwise it would not be credible. But if you're wise and understand that we're human and generally by nature, humans are prone toward negativity, we're prone towards pessimism, we're often faced with the dilemma of being both sceptical and gullible. And when we're trying to navigate through this world and we're trying to uh, move our way as to what to do and what not to do, what to believe, or not to do, we're going to find ourselves most miserable. It's like watching a debate, you know, when you're, when you're sitting down and you're looking at people ba- debating an issue and the first person gets up and he throws his case and so immediately you're convinced by the first speaker that what, they, what they're saying is true. And you're nodding your head till the second speaker comes up. And then he starts to talk and all of a sudden he says, like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah no, nah, that's right. Yeah, no, nah, that's true. And then you're confused again till the, 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 the second speaker gets up and, and you're just lost. There's actually a beautiful proverb found in the Bible because the Bible is grounded. The Bible is stable. It's the rock. The Bible doesn't sway based on your emotions or your feelings and what you think and what you don't think. The Bible is the eternal word of God. It passes generations. And the Bible says this. It says in Proverbs 18, verse 17, the one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. See, at first something seems like, yeah, I know what's going on till you hear something else. See, it's fleeting. Our ideas and our opinions are fleeting. We live in a world of, of, of noise and somewhat the truth is in the midst of this noise. So we're trying to find it. Um, sadly, it's like as though you're, you're, you're trying to have a deep and meaningful conversation in a, in a rock concert. When someone's trying to pour out their heart and tell you exactly how they're feeling, but the noise that the, the hard drums is drowning out the, the, the truth of that heart. And that, that, that's what it, that's what it feels like today. The noise is drowning out the truth. People are driven by their emotions. People are driven by a false perception, by their scepticism, by their fears, and they decide on what they believe, what they don't believe. And that's why we have havoc in the world. That's why we have confusion in the world. I've often said it's it's not people's opinions that we should be scared of. It's people's responses to the opinions that should be something that we need to take care of. How people respond. So I remember once when I was driving in my car, my stereo system wasn't working. So I had my uh, headphones and my, um, my, my, my earphones plugged in in the car and I was driving and I had it full blast. And I know maybe I shouldn't have, but I was listening to the song and I was excited about the song. And as I'm driving, I could hear a very faint siren But it wasn't loud enough for me to be disturbed from my music, till it started getting closer. And all of a sudden, I look at my rearview mirror, and what's behind me is the ambulance. And I panicked. I panicked so much that I jolted the steering wheel and ended up trying to rear to the to the left to slow down. And I ended up running over the curb. And I fear people today are running off the curb. They're missing the point. They're not on the right road. They're off track. We have a lot of anti-this movements, anti-racism, anti-vaccine, anti-mask, anti-government, and people can't see clearly through the fog. See, the Bible tells us that our God is not a God of confusion. The Bible also tells us that a kingdom that is divided will not stand. And what we're seeing today, sad as it is, is actually the unfolding of God's truths that communicate strongly about human nature, that communicate strongly about the fragility of, 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 of life, the weakness, the infirmities of man, the fears and how fear can grip someone and they become people without control. What it also shows us, though, is that there's a very rare people amongst us and very few they may be that have a hope and a faith that grounds them. They maintain, they maintain a peace, a joy in sorrow and hardship. They find a rose in every thorn. Sad enough, a lot of people have lost their lives. They've lost their loved ones in the midst of all this confusion. But the Bible's always told us, and it's always predicted and prophesied. And I want to share some, some of the, the, the Bible perspective on, on COVID, so that you can see how God is real and God is alive. He's not a fictitious character. He's more real than the very hand in front of your face. And if you were to see that you are more than someone who's meant to go through the the, the, the emotions and feelings and be governed by by misconceptions, that you were there to be grounded in the truth of God and life is in the truths of God. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And while today the world does, does not hold or care for anything of God's truth they remain bound chained now you can fight as much as you want against the government against the policies because you think that that's going to chain you and that's going to enslave you but i tell you the truth you are chained with or without the government you are chained by your own nature You are chained by your own being. You are chained by your own emotions. You can't control anything in your day, and therefore you are chained by the existence of life in a broken, fallen place. But you think your answer is in fighting for this and fighting for that, and that's not where your answer lies. Jesus is the answer. Jesus told us 2,000 years ago, listen to this, the Bible's perspective on COVID. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, Jesus says this, know this, know this, that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Jesus spoke these words 2,000 years ago. Perilous times shall come. Perilous means troubling times, troubled days, uh, difficulty. And he goes on to say, in Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2, men shall be lovers of their own selves. Okay, is, is that not uh, a perfect description of what is going on in the world today? I mean, you don't need to look far enough to find in social media, the hype is rooted in the love of self. Is it not? Unless I'm blind, <laughs> everything about the aspect of selfies is a depiction of men shall be lovers of their own selves. In fact, uh, it's such a serious issue at the moment. It's 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 going under the radar. No one's fighting anti-social media, but yet social media is gripping society by the throat and choking it. Psychologists are calling selfies or people who are who are um, uh, have an issue with with selfies who who, who are. Uh, putting out selfies three to six times a day as self like a disease, because pride can kill you. Why do you do selfies? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not focused on selfies. I'm just showing you the, 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 the depravity of, of, of humanness, the weakness, because I need attention, I need affection, I need acknowledgement, I need something. It makes me feel better. These are the, the what research is showing, why people are consistently addicted to, to, to posting, Or or sending a pick, because it's all about men and women shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, desiring material gain, possessions, boasters and proud, blasphemers that's what the Bible says that this is what's going to happen in the last days, disobedient to parents. This is where you get parents consistently saying things like, they won't listen to me, they're not listening, they're not listening. Do you know how many times as a teacher I hear parents say to me, but they don't listen to me? But the Bible prophesied it, that in the latter days, children will be disobedient to parents. Now, this may not seem kind of strange to you, but but it is very strange 2,000 years ago to see a society of children rebelling and doing what they want and society telling them that they can and do what they want And there's no sense of discipline or there's no sense of accountability or there's no sense of responsibility. And so therefore we have a generation who are disobedient to parents. This is Jesus's own words. They are unthankful and they're unholy. But Jesus, he describes the end times as being like birth pains. Just as labour pains grow stronger and closer together, God will allow an escalation in trials of all kinds. And we can see this happening in the world today. Did you know that in China in 2020, there were over 21 large scale floods that you probably didn't even know about large scale floods all around China just within the year 2020. Then there's the locusts that are happening in Africa then there's the COVID. People say, people say, oh, but this has always happened. We've always had these things. It's true, we've always had these things, but we've never had them at such escalation, such intensity, and we've never had it as such global reality, like the COVID. This is all part of prophetic. This is all. It's all. It's. It's not surprising to the one who reads the Word of God and understands. Oh, yeah. This is. This is quite natural when we understand the end of times. But just as labour pains grows more and more and closer and closer to that time of birth, so are the trials and so are the things that happen. So the the COVID, again, is a trial. In fact, the purpose of these tribulations or the COVID, if you like, and most people say, oh, that's the judgment of God. Maybe. (laughs) Possibly. But the tribulation that happens and the escalation that takes place in itself is to bring pressure for people like you and I, for men and women like you and I, to surrender to Jesus and find salvation. That's why. So when someone actually sees these events and the breaking down of man and humanity's strength And when man can't rely and depend on any other thing, then the only option is not to look out, but to look up. And so therefore, these tribulations, these pestilence, and these things that are going to accumulate and get more and more are to get your eyes looking to the hill for where your help comes from. That's why they're there. So some people ask, oh, great. So so God, God gave us the coronavirus, did he? And sometimes sincere Christians who try to defend God out of a good intention will say, no, no, well, not God, man. But see, the reality is this. God who is sovereign, God who is all-powerful, what you think, this slipped through his fingers, the the paperwork did not pass his desk. For God to be sovereign and God to be all-powerful, all-controlling, he would have allowed it. It would have been something that he would have also orchestrated. Why? Because the souls of people are far more valuable than their physical well-being. The eternal state in the kingdom of heaven, which is forever and ever and ever, is more significant than their physical well-being over 70 to 80 years. The soul is of utmost preciousness before the face of God. And to God these are things that if one put their trust in him they ride it like they 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 they're, they're sleeping in the boat in the midst of a storm In fact the Bible's very clear Second Samuel chapter 24 verse 15 So the Lord so the Lord sent a pestilence on Israel from the morning until the appointed time and there died of the people from Dan to Bathsheba, seventy thousand men. See the word pestilence is often translated as a plague or disaster in the in the English Bible. But even so, even the prophet Amos, when God was speaking through the prophet Amos, and this is the hidden uh, truth in this in what what this prophet says, why God does such things. Amos chapter four verse ten, I sent. Among you are pestilence after the manner of Egypt. Who, who's talking here? God is. Who sent it? God did. What did it look like? It looked like the days of Egypt when the Israelites were escaping. I killed your young men with the sword. I carried away your horses and I made the stench of your camp go up into your nostrils. Why, God? He says, and yet... You did not return to me, declares the Lord. That's why he's trying to get your attention. He's trying to wake you up. He's trying to, to, to get you to realize there's a living God who calls you to come, come. And someone says, so, Oh, but that's cruel. How cruel is God? Well, that's a pretty bizarre um, statement because. Because you either believe in God or you don't. If you believe in God, then you say he's cruel. That's to say that you are the peak of morality. Like like you know, as a human, what is good and what's bad. It's absurd. And if you don't believe in God, and you say God is cruel, you can't judge a very thing that doesn't exist as being cruel. The question is whether you believe in God or you don't. Those of you who believe in God, know this, God is good. Everything that happens from God is for your soul. There isn't anything that happens, whether it's COVID, or darkness, or shadow. (laughs) It's for good to bring you to him, and if you come to him, you'll discover a peace greater than any peace this world has to offer you. And if you don't believe in God, then fine. Go on, continue living the way you're living and see where that takes you. Depend on yourself. Depend on your wisdom and understanding. Depend on the government. Depend on the laws. Depend on this world. That already makes you discontent because you refuse God, the God of all goodness, the God of all grace. So what are we meant to do as Christians, knowing that all this, all this is God's permission. It's by God's permission. God allows it because in it he's drawing people to him and God will draw people to him and people will come to him. Well what do we do? Listen to this. In Matthew chapter 24, I want to read this for you. Matthew chapter 24, verse three to eight. And it tells us certain things how we are to respond as, as, as people who have a faith in God. And those of you who don't have a faith in God, I pray that you can see in these words the reality that this is uh, what God had prophesied from the very beginning. Jesus here is talking to the people and to his disciples on the Mount of Olives, in Matthew chapter 24, verse 3 to 8. It says this, And as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him quietly, privately, away from the people. Tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? They wanted to know two things. They say, they're asking Jesus, Jesus, tell us, one, when you're going to come back, And secondly, when is the end of the world? Two things that they're wanting. And Jesus answered them, see that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. And they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumours of wars. See that you are not alarmed. For this must take place. But listen, but the end is not yet. You know, sometimes I sit down and I watch the news and I hear about Trump going against China and I hear about this nation going against this nation. And in my mind, I already know the scripture. I I, I smirk inside and I think, (laughs) this isn't war. This is what the Bible calls a rumour of war. A hyped up kind of episode of, of, of just... Oh, we're going to fight. Yeah, come on, come on, come on. You, you, come on. you throw the first punch. No, you throw it. No, you throw it. And it's only for a season, for a time, and it passes on, and we move on until it happens again. A rumour of war. Yeah, Now we're going, oh, no, Trump just did and this and that, all that. It's just rumours of war. And then there's a, a breakout over here, a, a fire over there, and everyone's going, oh, look, what's going on? Look, you know, it's the end of the world. And Jesus says, no, no, no. Listen, <laughs> these things are going to happen. But yet, the end is not here. That's what Jesus says. The end is not here. Verse 7, for nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there's going to be famines, and there's going to be earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of the birth pains. The beginning of the birth pains. So these things we've been experiencing, guys, in the past years, they're getting harder and more and to the point of a global pandemic. Also says in verse 9, and he, and, he, and, he, and he prophesies again and predicts that they will deliver you up to tribulation and they're going to put you to death. And sure enough, what's happening to Christians around the world? Look at what's going on in China. Look at what's going on in, in other parts of the Middle East when it comes to the Christian faith. They're being killed. They're being slaughtered. And they're going to be putting you to death and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Sure enough, you don't need to step out the front door to realise no sooner have you hit the next street that there's, you're a Christian. Get rid of the Christians. And I find that absurd and I find it very strange why people would hate the very teaching of love, love, love and despise the very thing that, that preaches kindness and peace. But because this is a spiritual warfare. Because we are servants of Jesus and they did the same thing to him. So because they did the same thing to him and I am like him, I get to experience that same privilege, if you like, or that same honour to be persecuted for the sake of Christ. Verse 11 says, and many prophets will arise and lead many astray. And lots of theories, lots of ideas, lots of faiths, lots of beliefs, even among Christians, are propping up all different doctrines and theology. And because of lawlessness, because the world lives without good law, there will be an increase of sin. And the love of many will grow cold. The love of many will grow cold. You know, people can't tolerate each other anymore. God forbid if you get caught up in the road rage today. Just the other week, I don't know how many people I saw uh, putting their finger up at other people, just walking down the road with my mask on, I'm looking around, and all of a sudden there's someone tooting, beeping, and someone's putting their finger up. And not long after, I walk down another road, and then someone's putting their finger up again. Because the Bible says that the love of many will grow cold. We're taking snapshots of each other and we're posting it everywhere else. Oh, look what this person did. Look what that person did. That's That's the society that was prophesied and predicted by Jesus Christ. But the one who endures, it says in verse 13. Now, what does the Christian do? Well, the Christian endures. In fact, I want to show you three things in this passage that those who believe do. One, it says, do not be alarmed. It's not a surprise what's going on. Christians, it's not surprising. These things don't take us by surprise. Don't be alarmed. Jesus tells us, don't don't be scared. He also says to us, Don't be led astray. Don't be led astray because there's a lot of things that are coming against you that wants to move you, throw you off course, throw you off from being persistently seeking Christ in your life and in your heart, pushing you off the road. But don't be led astray. Don't go any other way. Stay on the road. Stay on track. Keep your eyes to heaven. But he... But the one who endures, you need to endure, to the end will be saved. There's a battle that's going on against your faith. And there's a a battle of unbelief that is happening in the hearts of people, even here, people tonight. There's a battle of unbelief. There's a battle against the truth of God that's going on in your mind, in your heart. A lot of rubbish, a lot of lies that you've heard. The devil uses them and he whispers them in your head. But it's not truth because you still remain in your bondage, in your chain. See, if it was truth, you'd be free. You'd be free, you'd be at peace, and you'd be full of joy. But you're not. So Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Anyone who comes to me will receive eternal life. Jesus He says, you shall know the truth. And this truth, because it is truth, it will set you free. You will be free. You don't need to be chained to your anxieties and your fears. You can be set free because of Jesus. That's why he came. And if COVID wakes you up, then praise be to God because it sets you free. Now, if you want to know exactly how we live in a time of crisis, while we're not alarmed, while we're not being led astray and we're keeping focused, that this is not my final home. My home is in the heavens. One day I'm going to be with him. I'm going to endure and I'm going to hold on. I'm not going to be swayed by all the people who are trying to protect their rights and trying to protect their their, their land and their, their house and, and I own this, this is mine, it belongs to me. I, work, I walk in perfect peace because I know that everything I own belongs to God. Everything I hold, God holds for me. And if God chooses to take it from my left hand, I know that God's going to give it to me in my right hand. It won't matter to me. My rights mean nothing, but the righteousness of Jesus is everything. Everything. And so what we see in an example here, I want, I want to share with you, and I'm going, to, I'm going to finish soon, but how do I respond in the midst of this chaos or in the midst of what we call conspiracy? This is a conspiracy. We need to do something about it. We need to, we need to be vocal. We need to, to voice our, our so, that, so that we're not taking control over. Well, did you know that the greatest conspiracy that ever happened in human history, do you know what that is? The greatest conspiracy was the crucifixion of the Son of God when he came down 2,000 years ago. That's the greatest conspiracy because he was an innocent man and they lied and deceived and put him to death. All their paperwork was all lies. The news reports were all fake. It was the greatest conspiracy to bring someone who is love, pure peace, who is kind, who sacrificed his life and to kill him. There is nothing more of a lie than that. And yet the Bible says this about Jesus and Isaiah prophesied before his time what he was going to be like when he came. In Isaiah 42, verse 2 to 3, he will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. Listen, a bruised reed he will not break and a faintly burning wick he will not quench, yet he will faithfully bring forth justice. Well, wow. he's not gonna raise his voice and forcefully push and shove. He's not going to, to to get involved in things that don't involve him. He's got one task, and that's the deliverance of the human race. The Bible says, Isaiah 53, verse 7, he was oppressed, talking about Jesus, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent. He didn't open his mouth like a lamb going there to be killed and slaughtered. This is the spirit of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you think, but why? Why is he like that? And what what are you saying? That means that that this is how we ought to be walking? Well, listen, (laughs) when you know, when you know that you have a God who's on your side, you don't need to fight. When you know that you have God and God himself who goes before you, who defends you, who protects you, no, you don't need to fight. And that's why Jesus didn't fight because he knew. He knew his father. He knew his father held him. He knew his father had it all under control. And that's a perfect peace. That's a perfect joy. I'm not swayed by the the, the fears of man. I have God who's on my side. No weapon that is formed against me is going to prosper. I don't need to fight. God fights for me. And that's what you see. God fighting for his people in the midst of COVID. You see, in Matthew chapter 27, verse 12 to 14, when he was accused, in verse 12 it says, but when he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, listen to this, he gave no answer. Then Pilate said to him, do you not fear how many things they testify against you? But he gave them no answer, not even a single charge, so that the governor was greatly amazed. Who's this man? Who's this man? And where was his secret? Brothers and sisters and those of you who who, who lack peace, those of you who are full of anxieties, those of you who can't hold Anything tightly, because it's always dropped to the ground. Every time you, you put your hand to something, you fail. Listen, this is the secret of Christ. This is the secret of everyone who believes in Jesus. John chapter 19, verse 10 to 11. So Pilate said to him, you will not you will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have the authority to release you and authority to crucify you? And in verse 11, Jesus answered him and said, you would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. How awesome is the security and the comfort of Jesus Christ. See, COVID, whatever programs, whatever laws Whatever situation, it has no authority. I can wear a mask. I can go out and walk. I can stay isolated. I don't care. My God, he holds me. And they have no authority over me. They want to tell, tell me to go this way, I'll go that way. They want me to go this way, I'll go that way. Like a lamb to the slaughter, like Jesus, we go. Because it was prophesied. It was predicted. It was told to us before all these things. My prayer for you is that you would understand the love and peace that passes all understanding. Some of you are there going, I don't get this, man. This is crazy stuff. This. Yeah, it's true. It's true. You don't get it. You don't understand this peace. The Bible says it passes understanding. You're trying to understand it, but you can't till you come to faith. Till you come to faith. My prayer is that every single one of you tonight who heard the words of Jesus Christ as was spoken here, that you can find your rest and peace in him, that you would deal with unbelief, That's in your heart and in your life. Unbelief is sprinkled and watered by sin. Sin is the very thing that has separated you from God and from people. Sin is that dark black thing of disobedience, of rebellion against God or anything that is righteous or anything that is good. But Jesus Christ knows this. He knows your frailty and your weakness. So he came down to earth and took upon him this body like you and I. And he took this body and he nailed it to the cross. And he, and he hung it on the cross. And he died with it hanging on the cross. And he defeated it by raising from the dead. And God can do that for you if you believe in him. Turn to jesus in these days of tribulation and he will prove to you he is indeed indeed god god bless you guys i pray that the word of god has spoken to your life i pray that it's stirred enough for you to start questioning or even searching and i i want to just finish off with a prayer i want to pray for you if you have any questions please feel free to put those questions down we're going to go through those questions later um, but most importantly, the greatest question you could possibly ask tonight is, if I die tonight, in the midst of these tribulations and trials and the, and the things that are yet to come, will, will I find my place reserved in the kingdom of heaven? And if you can't say yes, and if you're not sure what will happen to you after you die, then you can come tonight and say, Lord God, I want to dwell with you. I want to follow you. I want your peace, your grace. Forgive me. Cleanse me. This day on, I follow. I follow you. Let's bow our heads in prayer. I want every head bowed. I don't, I can't see you all, but I trust that you've got your head bowed and you're really, genuinely, sincerely seeking after truth. Father in heaven, I pray, Lord God, tonight that as your word had went out, to the hearers, whoever they are, you brought them, wherever they are, you've brought them, that you would speak to them. And I know that you have spoken to them, Lord God. I know that you've knocked at the door of their heart, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that you would continue, continue to draw them to you till they confess you and believe upon you in order for them to be saved. I thank you, Lord God, for your word, for your peace and your comfort. Truly, indeed, you are our God and You are in the midst of us. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Um, I would have loved to see your faces, but um, God willing, I will one day.
0: um, Thanks, Harvey. Don't go away because there's some some questions I'm sure um, that people would like to ask. What we're going to do at the moment some wonderful truths that I think have been spoken about tonight around God, our protector. Um, God in control, you know, thinking about how the, that great conspiracy of Christ being put to the cross, yet God turns that to become our rest. And that is uh, that is a really, really important truth tonight that I hope really resonates and speaks to your heart. And as Harb shared tonight, that you'd really open your heart to hear uh, and ask that really important question about where you will be going if you were to die now. And so I think these things help us to reflect. And so what I'd like us to do is, I um, invite you to use the, the um, questions at ANCF on the chat to ask uh, some questions. We've got some questions that uh, I'm ready to ask in a moment, but can I encourage you that as Harv is, is answering those questions that you would, uh, if there's anything on your mind you'd like to ask, we've got about, got about 20 minutes or so. Um, and so we'll try and get through as many as we can. So please, as Harv is sharing, continue to uh, send your questions to questions at ANCF on the chat. Uh, and then we'll, we'll see how many we can, we can get through. So let's, uh, let's get started with that, hard. One of the questions that's come through uh, tonight is the verse, you made reference to the, how the love of many grows cold, that verse says that the love of many grows cold. Um, the question is, do you think that is a reference to Christians as well? Is that, does that mean among Christians too? Um,
1: I believe, I believe uh, the love of many grows cold for a particular reason. So the Bible says that when lawlessness increases, uh, that causes a, a cold love, um, meaning not a real, genuine love. So the more sin there is in this world, the less love there's going to be. And that—that's—if that's, you like a spiritual law, you know, more more sin, less love. And that could be for Christians when, if Christians are not walking after the Lord with all their heart, loving Him with all their soul, and they allow sin in their life, then yeah, their love. has a tendency to get colder and colder and colder. The closer we walk with Jesus or to Jesus, the greater the love abounds in our heart, one to each other, but more importantly, for our enemies, because that's how Jesus was. the, 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 The love for your enemy is truly, truly a picture that Jesus Christ is dwelling in your heart. It's the evidence and the distinction what separates you from any other love. When Jesus died on the cross, they hung him. His enemies hung him and killed him. But his words were, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. So that's love. That's love.
0: Okay, thank you. Um, some other questions. So please keep sending the, the, consent, send the questions through. Um, with so much uncertainty and also feelings of anxiety, how can I have real peace?
1: Um, by, by asking the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your heart, believing on the one who is the Prince of Peace. And if you believe on him, he will flood your life with peace. It's our lack of faith that causes us anxiety. It's our lack of faith that steals our peace. But when someone comes to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, they, they find a peace that the world can't give them. It's giving up and letting go and receiving Christ.
0: Okay. Wow. I encourage you guys to keep thinking about the things you've heard um, uh, this evening. And if, don't be don't be embarrassed or afraid to ask. We're not going to mention who you are, <laughs> so we're not going to say that so and so asked this question. Uh, we just want to be able to help, and because we care for you, and we care for the things that are on your on your mind and the experiences that you're having. So please, uh, don't be don't be embarrassed or afraid to ask, ask questions. How? we got one from a from one of the children. Got a, a, a question from a child that says, "Does God uh, see the struggles of the children? Because you know adults get to see their friends, but." but children can't. Now, does God see the struggles
1: of children as well? Oh, yeah, of course. I think, I think he probably sees the struggle of the children a lot more than the struggle of the older people because the older people <laughs> tend to be a little bit more grumbly and, and, and the older you get, uh, the tendency to lose faith uh, is probably greater than when you're young and you have a simple and, 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 and childlike faith. God definitely looks to that kind of faith. So when a child talks to God, God definitely hears and listens because their faith is simple. And that's what God encourages us actually, to have a faith like a child. So definitely, yeah, he hears the prayers of the children. He knows what you're thinking. He knows how you're feeling. And so you can call on him. You can talk to him. You can, you can tell him anything and everything. And he hears you. He loves you. And he will protect and guide you. on. Thanks, thanks, um, th- There's a- another question
0: about, probably more to do with uh, what's happening at the moment with vaccines, and Something about uh, what, what, the, where the vaccine will be in terms of God's plan for future. Is it part of, uh, is it part of maybe the the mark of the beast? Is a part of something to do with the future? Um, there's there's a curiosity around where the fa- vaccine maybe fits into the end times, so to speak.
1: Yeah. Okay. So again. As Christians, we can only believe what the Bible says. So we can only trust the words of what's written. And the Bible also encourages us, don't think more than what is written. We can assume a lot of things and we can uh, um, create certain ideas and concepts and try and work it all out. But we can never be certain of any other thing than what is written. Now, the Bible doesn't talk about a vaccine. It doesn't talk about, um, uh, an injection related to some kind of a, uh, a health thing. It doesn't. It doesn't. It only speaks to us about a mark of the beast that one day uh, we all will be subjected to take and forced to take, uh, and that's going to entail uh, purchasing and selling um, and and living. And if you don't take it, then then you, you can't do those things. Um, we can we can kind of um, uh, assess it and look at the situation and say, well, you know what. That's looking kind of similar to what's going on. But I couldn't say to you that's what the mark of the beast is because that's not what the Bible says. I could say to you uh, the way we're dealing with these issues um, and how how they're coming around and how they're coming about definitely looks like and it feels like and it has the flavour of what the mark of the beast could feel like and be like. So it's almost. I see it almost like this. This is like a like a, um, a a testing or a training of how we will respond when that day comes. You know, um, what what are our what are our faiths? What is our belief? Remember that we don't go astray. So a lot of people can go wall to the left and say vaccine, no vaccine, no vaccine. So I, I, I find that. I find that interesting because the Bible doesn't tell me no vaccine. So the Bible doesn't say to me, you should be fighting for no vaccine. But the day that vaccine, when that comes and if it comes, if it happens to be the mark of the beast, because that's quite clear, then I'll be encouraging people, no vaccine, no vaccine. So till that day, I need to keep on the straight and narrow. I've got to keep my eyes on Jesus, not get caught up in what may be just confusion, what may be just division. What may be just something that's to throw you off course. Keep your eyes on Jesus and keep your eye on his word.
0: Mm. Okay. Right.
1: Thanks bro. Um, the, uh, the the
0: next question refers to the, uh, dis- is about discernment. So there's a lot of voices out there, a lot of opinions out there. How, how, does the, how do we as Christians or how do people start to be able to discern if something's the voice of God or, probably a lie of some kind. So you know what to be praying for, you know what to be believing. How how do you go about discerning these things?
1: That's a a really good question. And it's also a very important question. A lot of people, they like to discern these things with their head. So they want to read about it. They want to find articles on it. They want to, and that's the problem. These things are not discerned with your head. They're discerned by the spirit of God. And so when a person, all they concern themselves with is walking righteously and faithfully before God, then God brings a discernment by his Holy Spirit what's right, what's wrong, where you should be heading, where you shouldn't be going, according to his word, because you're obeying it, you're following through with what he asks of you. And that's where the discernment is. But if God is calling you and is speaking to you and is speaking to your life about certain things in your life and you're not responding to those things, then what discernment are you going to be looking for? But if you're responding to the very thing, for example, God says, listen, give up your pride. Give up your lust. Let it go. Don't hold on to hate. Don't hold on to your anger. If you're able to discern that and hear that, and God clears that for you. That how much sharper and clearer is your ears and your heart going to be to the voice of God when you're navigating through life? It doesn't come through your head. <laughs> it comes through the Spirit of the Lord teaching, protecting, and guiding His children. So that obey the simple things. Walk in His simple way. Love one another. Forgive. Don't hold sin or grudges. Don't be bitter. Love your enemy. Don't get caught up in the world that hates the enemy and wants judgment. Don't be like that. Love like Christ loved, and that will be discernment enough for you. You'll understand which way to go and where your steps should be. Mm. Thanks, bro. Thanks.
0: Uh the next question has got not, not so much to do with discernment, but more with character or conduct, and it's to do with our leaders. And how much should should we as I guess, as Christians or people in this world, how much should we be trusting and following our leaders or how much should we be challenging them and maybe you know, going against them in, in the world, that, in the time that we're living today? So what's your thoughts on how we conduct
1: ourselves when it comes to our, our political leaders? Okay, so again, um, I'm only giving you my, my, my thoughts. Uh, you know, I, my, my thoughts regarding this matter is, is my thoughts. You have to wrestle out and work out your thoughts before God because you need a clear conscience before him in whatever you do. Everything must be done without unbelief. So it has to be done in faith. So my thoughts are very, very simple. The Bible is my utmost truth. Everything in the Bible I must do. I don't care what anyone else says. The Bible is first. God's word is first. And that's what I must do first. So unless anything contradicts or is contrary to the word of God, the Bible is what I do. So the Bible tells me to um, pray for my leaders and to submit myself to them. So I've got to do that, irregardless what I think, irregardless what I I think should and shouldn't be. I, I must do that because that's what the Bible says to me. See, it's very simple for me to do that because I know in the end, The governments and the laws that surround me aren't my God. God is. I honour him first and he will protect me. He says, obey. He says, submit. He says, pray for them. I'll do that. And I'll do that as long as as, as, as I need to and as long as they want me to, but not at the cost of transgressing the laws of my God and his word. So till this day, till this day, The government hasn't asked of me to break any of God's laws. You understand? So I'm happy to continue to submit as the Bible tells me to submit. I'm I'm happy to to do that. And not because I'm putting my trust in them, but because I know God first and God will honour them that honour him. God will protect them that put him first. So that's where my faith is. Now, Other people might have a different angle. That's between them and God. I know my God. I know my God will never put me to shame. That not, nothing can come against me that will harm me. I, I'm, I, when, I'm, when I'm in him, he's my defense. So I'm not, I'm not scared what the, what the lords or the governments are going to put on me. I'm, I don't fear that. If they come tomorrow and they say, hey, guys, you're going to be locked up in your house, you can't leave the window, you can't leave through the door, you're going to be locked up for one year. If that's what God allowed and that's what God permits, then I'm happy to trust God because they can only do those things under his power. And I'll wait on the Lord for him to do contrary to that. But if they say to me, you're not permitted to read your Bible, that's when they're transgressing my God, my law. So I will read my Bible. And if they want to take me to jail, they take me to jail. If they want to, if they want to cut me, they can cut me. <laughs> it won't bother me. So when things are contradictory or they, 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 they break the laws of our God, then we basically resist. We don't fight. Listen, we don't fight. We just don't obey. So like lambs to the slaughter, we go. Don't want to handcuff me, put me in jail. I'll sit in jail. No problem. Because my God's going to be with me in jail. <laughs> and my God is going to protect me. He's going to protect my family. He's going to protect all those... Around me because I've put him first. So I find it, I find I find it very simple. It's not complicated. The confusion in this world and, and, and the devil who's 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 a, a god of confusion um, just dazzles it all, confuses everyone. Keep your peace, keep your peace because of Jesus.
0: Mm. Okay. Um, guys, we've got probably just a few more minutes, so maybe, maybe time for one or two more questions. I've got one here, so maybe if there's one more question someone would like to send through. Uh, but it's, it's, it's to do probably with what you've just finished on with the last question around fear and how you can encourage someone who you know, might be uh, really struggling with a fear, really struggling, I'm assuming it could be a fear about the future, where things are going, but even just fear in general. What, what, would, what would you say is a way to encourage or help someone who just has that real genuine struggle of fear in their
1: lives okay so the bible says perfect love casts out fear i'd encourage you to fall in love with jesus i'd encourage you to know the love of jesus meaning know his love for you when you know he loves you and when you know you love him this love casts out all fear You don't need to be scared or frightened like what's going to happen because you know there's one who loves you, who looks after you. Grow in the love of God. Grow in his love. Um, Again, get rid of the sins in your life by giving your life over to Jesus and let him clean you, let him change you so that love can abound in your heart. And the more love, the more um, peace, the less fear. Mm -hmm.
0: I guess it ties in with this question here. How does, um, how does a relationship with Jesus
1: guarantee our safety? Uh, how does a relationship with Jesus guarantee? <laughs> a relationship with Jesus does not just guarantee your safety. It's not safety that we're after. A relationship with Jesus guarantees eternal life. Guarantees a life after the the, 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 the the trauma of living in this world or the, the the death that comes upon us every man, every woman, so a relationship with jesus christ is is what you were made for so it 's not just about safety safety is just an add on it 's just like a you know a default it 's just what comes, but when you are secured in uh, a life in Christ, an eternal life. By default, you feel safe. By default. Yeah, good one. Well, thank you. That's great. I think
0: it's. Um. I, I, I believe. I believe there's so many important truths that have, have been shared tonight, and I really do hope that that's uh, helped. I know there was one person in the in the chat that felt uh, really reassured and. And, and helped by one of the answers that came through. Um, and so they made, they made comment around that. So thanks for that feedback as well too. But I, I, I guess I'm confident, not just for that person, but there's many people uh, tonight that have had a lot of maybe questions answered or perhaps some, some insecurities um, helped with. Uh, and above all, above all, most importantly, uh, to understand more and more the importance of a relationship with Jesus Christ, as Harp said, it's an eternal, it's an eternal safety. Um, more so than just a physical one on, on this earth. Um, we're going to we're going to wrap it up. Um, we'd also encourage you to stay stay in touch with us. I think it's it's great that you're with us to, uh, tonight. Um, a couple of ways you can stay in touch. We have other things that happen throughout the week. We have our Thursday night studies, and we have prayer nights, and Wednesday night studies, and we have Sunday morning services as well. Well, I'm about to close in prayer. Um, let me pray for us, and then we'll close we'll close tonight's uh, tonight's meeting. My loving Father, we thank you for everything that we've heard tonight. You are a faithful God. You are in control. You are sovereign. Uh, And it's because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus that we have more than just safety. We have rest. We have rest for our souls. Uh, Even despite all the things that are going on around us, all all the ideas, all the theories, all the conspiracies, you are sovereign. And we just thank you that you protect us now and you protect us into the future, and you protect us for eternity. So thank you, God. I pray, Lord, that you would speak and draw all hearts to you because you are the creator. You love them and you want good for them and their salvation. So we pray your blessing on everything that was done tonight and those that were here tonight. uh, We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.